You're listening to the Business in Morocco podcast, the podcast that discusses all things business and all things Morocco. My name is Ryan Mimone, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan Kirk, and our goal is to share our knowledge and experiences in order to help you gain wisdom, skills, and habits that can help you succeed in business and in life. You can learn more about us by going to our website, moroccopodcast.com. All right, let's get started with today's episode. It's going to be a lovely day. Welcome to episode three of the Business in Morocco podcast. Ryan, how's your week going? What are you working on? It's going well. Uh, Tonight we are releasing a channel trailer for Morocco Treasure, which is exciting because as I was putting this together with my editor, just going back through some of the videos we've made over the last couple years, people we've interviewed, sites that we've filmed in, it was pretty exciting to kind of get just a little... uh, Montage? Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. It was exciting to get a little montage of all the stuff we've done. It was encouraging to see how much stuff we've created. It was cool. So I'm excited to release that. Great. What about you? What's new? Well, we talked last week about deep work. Uh, I've been doing some deep work myself. Uh, I've been developing a process in my business. The goal of my business is customer acquisition. I want to find new customers for my clients. That is the value proposition that I offer. That is what I'm trying to become an expert in. So to do that and make it scalable to the point where I can teach someone else to do what I'm doing, I have written down my entire process for taking on a new client, creating a digital presence, a website, their Google page, their Facebook page, Instagram, whatever is appropriate for that type of client, whether they be a restaurant or a doctor or an artist or some other kind of client. And I'm creating a tutorial, a guide, so that anyone can follow the guide and create this online presence for themselves. So this is the deep work that I've been doing. It is exhausting because I want to go step by step so that someone does not need to do any research They don't need to learn anything else. They can literally just follow my guide and go from nothing to having a complete online profile. Yeah. And that is what I've been working on. It's not quite finished. I'm building the website, which will allow people to download the documents to follow for themselves. And it will also be a guide that I can give to my employees so that once we acquire customers, they can be the one that does the actual work of building the digital profile and I can be the one running the company instead of working in the company. Right. Now, is there a danger that a client or a potential client could just access your system and not even hire you? They just use your process and do it themselves? The answer is yes, but it's not a danger because the files are going to be downloaded upon purchase. Okay. So I will be offering the files to anyone around the world 
they will be able to download the files if they buy them. Uh, I will be offering two files for free. One is how to put your business on Google Maps, mm -hmm. and the other is how to claim your business if it is already on Google Maps. Okay. So those two online guides will be free. Anyone can download them, anyone can use them. Uh, I'm happy to give that content away for free. Uh, the rest of the content, things like optimizing your Google My Business page or your Google Maps listing, creating a Facebook business page, advertising on Facebook, creating an Instagram account, advertising on Instagram, creating a LinkedIn profile, advertising on LinkedIn. SEO ranking, you have stuff on that? Doing Google ads, understanding your metrics when it comes to uh, Google Analytics and Google My Business. All of those are going to be eBooks that you can download for, for paying a fee. So I'm not worried about that. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to promote that and I'm hoping to sell this content uh, as a way to help small businesses improve their profile without me having to do the actual work for them. So it's a scalable way yeah. of growing my business. It's implementing a process in my business that is scalable so that I can train someone to do the work. I can acquire customers and then not have to do the work myself. Yeah, so yeah. that's the deep work that I've been doing this week and I'm hoping to finish that up in the next few weeks. And so those will be available for purchase on your website? I'm creating a new website. It's called smbonlineguide.com. SMB, what is that? SMB means small or medium-sized business. Oh, it's I kind see. of a inside baseball term. It's yeah. It's very well known among the the SaaS developer community, people who build web applications for small businesses, B2B businesses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just a shorthand term for saying small or medium business, SMB. Yeah, smbonlineguide.com. It's perfect, and it will be available in French and English? Initially, it's only going to be available in English. Okay. So all of the tutorials are in English. Uh, I have screenshots from... Google and Facebook and these other uh, forums and, and all of the tutorial is in English. I do hope to one day do everything again in French. My first go at this will be in my native language of English and uh, we'll iterate from there. Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds cool. Now for today's topic, business in Morocco, the opportunities and challenges of doing business in Morocco. Let's do a brief overview of Morocco. The population of Morocco is about 35 million people. The average gross domestic product per capita is about 3,100 US dollars per year, meaning the, the total economy, all of the goods and services produced divided by the number of people equals about 30,000 dirhams. The economy is growing at about three to 4% per year. So that's great when mm -hmm. you compare it to Europe or Japan or the United States even. Morocco has a trade imbalance of about 19 billion US dollars per year, meaning they are importing about 19 billion dollars more goods per year than they are exporting. It's one of the reasons that the government put in place laws and taxes that promote exports. They really want to encourage not only foreigners, but Moroccans to export goods, mm -hmm. uh, which is a way of supporting the currency and promoting economic growth uh, here in Morocco. Morocco's debt to GDP ratio is actually pretty good. It's only about 48%. It's pretty comparable to Canada. You guys in Canada are doing pretty good at about 51%, which is far better than the horrible United States, which 
is already more than 100%, which means that the debt, the government debt of the United States is more than all of the goods and services produced in an entire year. And they say once you reach that point, uh, it's not a good situation to be in. <laughs> it basically means that those who hold government debt are never really going to be paid back. They may be paid back, but the value of the dollar that they are paid back in will be far less than the dollar they use to purchase the debt. Mm. Uh, we'll see. Other fun facts about Morocco and, Af and Africa in general. In the next 50 years, Africa will be the only continent in the world that is growing. Every other continent, continents in Asia, Europe, North and South America, all of those continents will be, will be declining. And Africa will be the only growing continent. So Morocco is a great place to be for the next 50 years, especially since Morocco has already established itself as a gateway into Africa in terms of technology, language, commerce. Africa is a great place to be for the future. Things about the Moroccan economy and the structure. Taxes here are actually pretty high. Uh, the, they're not very competitive when you talk about the global market. Corporate taxes, personal income taxes, employment taxes, they're fairly high. There is a 20% tax value added for services and products. Uh, there are some variations when it comes to areas of tourism and basic economic needs like food, utilities, electricity. But in general, Morocco could be a lot more competitive when it comes to taxes and regulations. There are quite strict uh, labor laws. When you hire someone, it's fairly difficult to, to fire them or to lay them off. Morocco has very strong protections for, for labor. And if you feel the need to lay someone off you need to pay one at least one month's salary up to two months of salary for every year that they worked for you so that can be a fairly large burden on a, on a business especially if that business is going through tough times uh, ryan what, what do you have to add in terms of the moroccan economy the culture the the general atmosphere for doing business here i think there's great opportunities in that it's an unsaturated market so it's one of the reasons why I'm here. I recognize that if I can come to a place like this, I can be a big fish in a small pond with what I'm doing, with being a, a coach and facilitator and educator with my native language, English, there's opportunities there. But other businesses are the same. And I've met guys who uh, have come to Casablanca to start a business that they're originally from Sweden. And they came here because they realized the type of industry that they're in this was an opportunity and where they were was completely saturated tons of competition some of the challenges that i can see one of them is language i know that keeps some companies away because morocco has that that added challenge of the the role of french and arabic and when you're dealing with a lot of international companies they've chosen to operate in english and to go through the hassle of doing business in these other languages really restricts who they can hire it limits communication between the offices here in Morocco and global offices, and it really adds it really adds an extra burden. Another challenge can be the mindset. There's companies who struggle finding employees that will do more than the bare minimum. There's a lot of people who would like to be told exactly what their job requirements are, and then that's it. They don't plan on doing much beyond that. They like to operate within the limits of their job, and there isn't enough proactivity or initiative. 
there can also be a lot of blame shifting, people not taking responsibility, people not taking ownership of their mistakes. They're happy to take credit when they've done something well, but not happy to take the blame when they've made an error. The country is very stable. The country has a lot of peace and, and a great recent history, which gives confidence for, for tourism and for other companies that want to come and operate here. Uh, the government has done a, done a great job keeping things calm and for the most part peaceful. Uh, one challenge to consider coming, coming here to do business is Ramadan. It definitely has a huge impact on productivity. There's, there's just no question that it has an effect on what people produce. Um, you get people every now and then that, that try to deny this and try to say, no, no, we work just like normal during Ramadan, but that is completely untrue. Now, the month leading up to Ramadan is wonderful because everybody wants to get things done. Everybody wants to close deals. Everybody wants to have meetings and make progress on projects. So, you know, the month that we have coming up here is one of the most fruitful months of the entire year. But the reason is because people know Ramadan's coming and then everything grinds to a halt. Everything slows right down. And that same type of mentality can happen during summer. Now this is true all over the world. I've worked in other contexts where, yeah, during during summer people are more relaxed. That's when most people like to take vacation. Kids are generally off school and so families are, you know, spending more time together. However, I've noticed it to be even more extreme here that when when summer comes people have that kind of cruisy mentality and it's really hard to get things done to move things forward during summer yeah i would completely agree i feel like the month of ramadan and for good reason people are fasting during all the daylight hours so i completely understand why Mm -hmm. you would have low energy you would have trouble doing deep work yeah if you're fasting and then having big meals late at night and and staying up late and getting up early, I can understand why that would be a very low productive time. But for an international organization or even for a business that's doing any kind of work internationally, if you're here in Morocco, it poses a huge challenge. I would say that the month of August is almost worse than the month of Ramadan. (laughs) Uh, I would feel like if you expect to get anything done in the month of August, you are going to be disappointed. Yeah. I found that the month of July is okay, Yeah. but for sure the month of August, don't be expecting a rapid response. Don't be expecting contracts to be signed. What you should be expecting is that all of your contacts are unreachable. Yeah. Because a lot of Moroccans, they travel, they go visit family that are far away. It's cultural and it's normal to not be be able to be reached during the month of August. If you're talking about a 12 month year and you're talking about two months of that year are unproductive, that is a challenge with being here. Yeah, because all your expenses are ongoing. Your employees still need to get paid. You're still paying rent. You still have all your costs, but your income is severely reduced. And so businesses that are just starting up or that are running on a tight margin there, that's a huge challenge to go these two of the 12 months being starving for dollars, starving for dirhams. Right, one of the ways that you can minimize this impact is by offering your employees all of their paid time off during the month of Ramadan or during the month of August. Mm -hmm. And even as an incentive, offering them a bit more to take it all at once, as opposed to during the other 10 months of the year where 
you really need to be productive. What yeah. you don't want is to have an unproductive business during Ramadan, an unproductive business during August, and then an unproductive business when your employees are then taking time off during the other 10 months of the year. Yeah, that's true. So incentivizing your employees to take their time off during Ramadan in August is, is a good way to overcome some of these challenges. Have you heard of that being done? Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. I know that a lot of uh, people in France do the same thing. They save up their paid time off and they basically take it all at once in the month of August. This episode is brought to you by London Academy. London Academy Casablanca is a trilingual smart school that provides an enhanced education through the Moroccan and international English language curriculum. Their innovative educational approach based on advanced information technology, sports, critical thinking, together with the international experience of their qualified teachers, enables their students to be prepared for the skills needed in the 21st century. London Academy says, we are the future, and these aren't just words painted on a wall. I've seen their students learning to program, building robots, developing problem-solving skills. There's a definite focus on IT and preparing students to succeed in the information age. London Academy, the first smart school in Morocco where learning is serious fun. Now back to the show. All right, let's make this a little more specific. What are some of the specific industries that are coming into Morocco recognizing the opportunity that's here with this unsaturated market, right? Well, clearly the number one opportunity is exporting. So Morocco has a trade agreement with both the United States and Europe. And there are a wide variety of products that you can export to the United States and the tariffs or the taxes are very low uh, for some products, the taxes are zero. You can go to moroccoexport.gov.ma mm-hmm. to find a list of these regulations and the details regarding the trade agreements. But things like finished goods, uh, agricultural products, leather goods, crafts, argon, the essential oils. There are many opportunities to, to export these things to the United States and Europe. Moroccan government also has very favorable situations towards those types of companies. You can get tax breaks. There are areas in the country that if you set up your business there to do specifically do exporting, you can get tax breaks and other incentives. Coming an exporter is definitely an opportunity here in Morocco, not only because of the favorable government and trade relations, but because the cost of labor and the cost of goods is actually fairly low here. So Mm -hmm. if you can take an agricultural product and you can refine it and package it, you can create a fairly good margin if you're going to ship that to the United States or to Europe. There are businesses in the United States, you can send your finished goods directly to them and they will get them on Amazon. All the work that you really need to do is producing those products and shipping them to the United States and they will do the rest. Yeah. And, and we'll put some of these links to these resources on our website, moroccopodcast.com. Uh, Ryan, what, what other opportunities are you seeing here in Morocco? Well, those, those opportunities are taking advantage of 
physical products and, and labor opportunities, but I even see opportunities within the Moroccan market. So where you're, you're selling to Moroccan customers, but with industries that are, that are undeveloped. Some countries are, are ahead of us in certain areas and companies will recognize this is the trend, this is the direction things are going and we can be first movers or we can take advantage of this lack of saturation by entering the Moroccan market. So we're seeing this happen a lot in the major cities in Morocco with delivery services. So Jumia Foods and Glovo are two examples of companies that are really fighting over market share right now because there, there just isn't the same kind of uh, competition that there is in, in other markets around the world that are more developed. People quickly adapting to using smartphones and being more comfortable making online purchases and the technology catching up, there's an opportunity there. These are companies that are based in other places that have come here to capitalize on the Moroccan market. Yeah, you mentioned technology companies and, and the implementation of t- technology, whether it's Kareem or Glovo or these other application, mobile application-based companies. We should mention that there there is fairly good infrastructure here. When you talk about mobile networks, when you talk about internet access, uh, when you talk about that kind of infrastructure, it's fairly well developed and it's fairly fast. Yeah. So if you need a reliable T1 or DSL connection, those are available here. It's very popular to have a call center uh, here in Morocco and to have very reliable, stable internet service. You can get that here and you can get it for a fairly reasonable price. Mobile phone usage is fairly widespread. So if you're talking about or you're thinking about doing a business that's involving technology, it's involving internet access, you can absolutely do that here in Morocco. Another thing I'm excited about with Morocco is is the push towards renewable energy. I, I follow a little bit of the you know, electric car and companies like Tesla, and I get excited about that that possibility. Morocco, because they haven't made oil a major industry here, you know, some will tell you it's because they don't have any, some will tell you because they haven't developed it, but because they haven't made oil a major industry here, they've put in the infrastructure to to build these huge solar plants. And to me, that's an opportunity for the future, that renewable energy could be become a huge export here in Morocco, that solar energy produced in the Sahara Desert could be powering much of Southern Europe. That could be some one of the major exports that, that Morocco has to balance that out. All right, the, the other area where there's a lot of opportunity here in Morocco is tourism. Morocco is a beautiful country. It has oceans, it has mountains, it has deserts. Casablanca is in many ways uh, an international city. It has the restaurants, the infrastructure that you would expect in a lot of uh, the first world type cities. The costs here are relatively low when you talk about traveling and talk about tourism. Morocco loves tourism. They encourage tourism. It's like exporting. They love that as well. So if you have a business here that encourages foreigners to come to the country and and stay here and travel here and spend their money here, they love that. You can put together packages for, let's say, people from the United States. You advertise and you promote Moroccan tourism in the United States, charge those customers in their native currency like dollars. You bring them here to Morocco and you take them on a tour. Whether it's a desert tour or a mountain tour, uh, you provide them lodging and sightseeing and meals and you cover all of that and uh, there's there's a great opportunity to do that here. The other niche 
tourism opportunity is medical tourism. Uh, the medical infrastructure here in Morocco is fairly good. Uh, you can receive some of the best treatment uh, in the world here. The doctors, many doctors are well-trained and very capable and they will provide services at a fraction of the cost uh, of what you would pay in the United States or in Asia. Now I know that Canada and Europe have different kinds of healthcare systems in terms of government reimbursements, but there can be wait times. Mm -hmm. yep. You can come to Morocco and you can get first in line yeah. to have a hip replaced, to have a knee replaced, to have other kinds of voluntary surgeries. Yeah. Um, cosmetic surgeries, dental surgeries, you can get greatly reduced high quality and immediate service here in Morocco uh, when it comes to medical and dental tourism. So that's a, another great opportunity here in Morocco. Yeah, even having tests done. I mean, sometimes in Canada, sure, it's free, but you might be waiting months. And when you could potentially have something that requires treatment, you know, you're waiting for months to get some kind of scan or, or results, it's a real incentive in some situations to, to come over here and get the test done same day or next day and get your results right away because it's a service that's offered and you're willing to pay for it and the prices are very reasonable. Yeah, it was one of the businesses I actually thought about, uh, which was medical tourism, recruiting mm -hmm. people in the United States and in Asia that want knee or hip replacements basically selling them a complete package. Yeah. Airfare, the surgery, the rehabilitation, lodging, food, everything in one package, a six to eight week package. So they literally come here in need of a replacement of a joint. They get that replacement, they get the rehab, they get sent back and it's a one price, a one-time fee and they don't have to think or worry about anything else while they're here. I thought it might be especially attractive to people who live in cold climates in the winter. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get away and you want to come to a, a mild climate like yeah. we have here in Casablanca or in Morocco, you could have 20 degrees Celsius weather in January and February and you could get your joint replaced and you could head back to your native country just in time for spring. So Yeah, we have a lot of Canadians that spend the winter. We call them snowbirds. They travel down to Arizona or they travel to Florida um, to, to escape. And we see some Europeans doing that here. We, you go down to Agadir, you're going to find French people, you're going to find Dutch people. And they're typically older, retirement age. And that's a great opportunity. Rather than going to Florida this summer, let's go down to Agadir, get the hip replaced, and uh, still get our warmth and rest in. You've been listening to the Business in Morocco podcast. My name is Ryan Kirk, here with my co-host, Ryan Maimon. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download our entire library of podcasts on our website, moroccopodcast.com, where you'll also find extra resources related to each episode in the show notes, including a transcript of the show. If you've got a question or topic you think we should cover on the podcast, fill out the form on moroccopodcast.com or email us at ryan at moroccopodcast.com and we'll give you a shout out on the show. Our theme music is Lovely Day by Bill Withers, used under Creative Commons, and we hope you'll have a lovely day doing business in Morocco. We'll see you next time.